to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, I love, love, love being a part of my church family. Pastor Jeff, thank you for the opportunity. If I haven't met you, I'm Pastor Tommy. It's my privilege and honor to be a, the family pastor, help connect our adults in life groups. And so last summer, we had a series called Sound the Trumpet. This is just a continuation called The Remnant. It just comes out of the Hebrew. There's this Isaiah 43. If you weren't here last week, go back and hear that message. Because how many know the father's just looking to get his kids back? That's why he sent his son, Jesus. And remnant in the Hebrew, it's by word pictures. It's literally a father with open arms who's ready to give you a hug, who's ready to get bring you in close, who's ready to remind you of the yes of his son so that all he's looking for is an open heart that will say yes to. Does anybody in here have an open heart for an embrace for a father? Come on, yeah, I see a few hands, all right, amen? That's the remnant. Isaiah 43 says it this way. He says that I will call you by name he will say that you are mine. Is anybody encouraged that the father declares, you're my son, you're my daughter? Because how many know the enemy wants to convince you otherwise? I said last week, we'll believe for someone else the truth of God, but it's time we start believing for ourselves what he says is true about him. And then watch, can you be then begin to then say, and I love who you made me to be. When we know the truth of who he is and we don't let the enemy discourage that, bring doubt and unbelief, we can truly confess. And you know what? That blesses God because I've been made in his image for the purpose to imitate Jesus. So I want, us to, I want us to confess that out loud to the person next to you. Say, I love who God made me to be. All right, a few of you, it's gonna take some practice to get there, all right? But can I tell you, when you get to that point, when you realize the Lord calls you by name, he says that you're mine, that we can testify to a world that's looking for hope, that's looking for a savior. Can I just share my story with you? Because it's God's story that he wrote for me. And you'll be able to receive and say yes too, because he's just that good, all right? I, I, I just love his word. He says in Titus 2.11, so as a result of me knowing that I'm in him and he's in me, it teaches me to say no to ungodliness. Can we just stand upon that truth and promise this morning? And I'm not gonna give in to the schemes of the enemy because he's a liar and he's a deceiver. And I'm gonna say no to the things of the world because I'm gonna say yes to everything Jesus gave his life for. And his redemption that he purchased me with, his purifying process, anybody thankful that he redeems and purifies? How many know that the blood is still making all things new, that that's who God is, and we get to be living testimonies of it? Wake up in the morning and just go, God, if it's in your heart, I want it to be in my heart. And so if you said it, I'm believing it, and we're going to walk it out together, and you're going to be glorified. And so that's the remnant. It's a people he set apart unto himself, all right? The sanctification that Cade preached on, that we get to what? Be ready for the coming of the Lord. How many know he's coming again? 
all right? And the Bible says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's how he sent the disciples out with that message. The message hasn't changed. Who will you cross paths this week that as a son of God, as a daughter of the king, you can say, can I just tell you about what my father's done for me? Because I promise you, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you too. And so that leads us to today. There was uh, back in April and May, just having several conversations with different people and God began just to move my heart for this series that we needed to take what God was doing inside these walls. How many know that the kingdom needs to advance outside these walls? And I know, I mean, I know you are doing that, but I want us to do that as a church and do that corporately. And so I've got a guest today that I'm gonna introduce here in just a moment. But I wanna read this verse out of James chapter one. So you just see where we're going from. James 1:27 says, religion, and this is religion in a good context. Basically, it could just be this. This is the father's heart for his sons and daughters so that his kingdom can be advanced here on earth. So he says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, that we look after orphans and widows in their distress and that we keep ourselves from being polluted by the things of the world. Thus, the reason wants us to give into his deception because when we do, then we won't be about the Father's business. And really, widows and orphans, it's just this. It's that we will take what we've received and give it away to those who currently don't believe or are at a place that they can maybe take care of themselves. How many know what you received? God wants you to give away freely. Anybody been given something freely today in this room? Then the Lord says, those, all right, that maybe aren't at that current place. He uses the language of widows and orphans because they would have understood that in their day. I'm just saying, man, I want to be a part of those who maybe aren't at a place that they can receive it for themselves so I can agree with God's heart. And watch this, be an extension of his love. Come on, somebody. So how many know Roe v. Wade's been overturned? Is anybody thankful for that ruling, all right? The courts have always, of heaven have always said that. Now the courts of earth are saying that. But how many know we have a responsibility as God's sons and daughters to be a part of these children? How many know there are gonna be more in foster care? There are gonna be more that need to be adopted. And I'm just looking out at a bunch of sons and daughters. Can we all do something, amen? And so God connected me to Gwen Hicks. And so Gwen's gonna come here in a moment. Gwen is over an organization called Amarilla Angels. And she'll unpack this a little bit more for you. But what we basically have is a vision for our life groups that every life group's gonna get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we're gonna get to basically adopt foster families and love on them as God's loved on us. And you'll hear more of that unpacked. Jesus said it this way. He said to the disciples, when I go, and he aren't, is anybody thankful he went to prepare a place for us? If it were not so, he wouldn't have told us. And surely if he goes, what? He's coming again. But guess what? He didn't leave us to just fend for ourselves. How many know the promise of the Father is the gift of the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody. And Jesus uses these language. He says, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. He's basically saying, I'm not gonna leave you to try to defend yourself, protect yourself. I'm not gonna leave you feeling rejected or abandoned. Come on, if you feel rejected or abandoned today, that's not of the Lord, that's of the enemy, and that spirit can go back to hell, amen? Because you've been adopted as sons and daughters. Jesus says, here's what we're gonna do. The Father and Son are gonna make their home in your heart. Everybody put your hand on your heart. Have you touched the Holy Spirit lately? If you're a son or daughter, you're touching it right now. Because he made his home in your heart. And so just like the Father's done for us, watch, we're gonna raise up life groups and we're gonna say, God, we can all do something. 
And as you've adopted me as a son or daughter, we're going to adopt foster families. And we're just going to be an extension of your love. Why? Because he says, let all the little kids come to me. And who better than the sons and daughters of God to be an extension of the Father's love so they can know they're not rejected or abandoned, but they're loved and they can say yes too. So we're going to watch a little four-minute video of what this looks like, a family who Gwen has helped be a part of through Amarillo Angels, through Lovebox, and then I'll introduce her to you. But I'm so excited we get to be a part of God's kingdom and be his hands and feet. Let's watch this. to the angels. Initially, I cannot grasp the concept that somebody will be there for you for free. It's really heaven sent for me. It's like a big blessing. I was so awful because I don't have family. I don't have friends who have signed up to be the babysitter of our kids. And suddenly, there are these people, strangers who are willing to help. There are a lot of things that our Love Box group has done for us. The listening ears and the time that they spend with you. It's like you have a friend. They are consistent. They are committed. When you have the Love Box group, there are people whom you can depend on. Everybody's busy, but there's somebody who's giving you their free time just to be with you and listen to you. I don't know how we're going to go through foster care without our love box group.
Can we just celebrate the kingdom of heaven and what it looks like in this place? We're gonna get Gwen set up here, but can y'all give a church at Bushton welcome to this daughter of the king who's living out her yes. Let's welcome Gwen Hicks. Good morning. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you so much for letting me be here. This has been so fun. There's people here I know. I don't know where they are right now, but it was in the first service and the second service, so it's always a joy to come together with um, brothers and sisters in Christ, and I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. We're very, I'm very excited to share with you about the mission that God's put on my heart, and that is um, to help in our area to change the statistics that the children that are experiencing foster care and the families that are experiencing foster care um, that they face every day and the realities that they face every day. And it is a joy and a privilege to do that work. I feel like it is God's calling on my life. And so I love the passage of James 127, Tommy. It's become very critical. I need to like have it needle pointed on a pillow or something in my house. But um, I love the phrase, when you look at the phrase orphans and widows in that passage, we have to remember that these children that, most of the children that are in foster care are not truly orphans. So, you know, they're, you'd be like, well, Gwen, why are we going to do this? If we, where are you going to serve them if they're or, if they're not orphans? Well, if you look through that at that passage and other passages in the historical and culture with through a historical and cultural lens, you're going to see that really and truly those were the people in that culture at that time who were the most marginalized and the most pushed aside of the culture. And so that's what God's asking us to do there is to look at those who are, are going through hard times and who are more marginalized and who are um, maybe kind of pushed aside at times. And that's who we're supposed to love in there. In Matthew 25, 40, he, he talks about um, when you clothe someone, when you, when you gave them water, when you took care of them, um, when you took care of the least of these, you did it to me. It's in a passage that talks about the final judgment when Christ comes back. He's going to be, that's what we're going to be looking for. What have we done? What have we done as believers to, to, to love on the world and to take care of the least of these? That least of le- these kind of used to make me cringe. It was like, but everybody's God's child. Everybody's created by God. So why are you calling them the least of these? But it's that cultural lens that we look for. Um, and we, they look, we look through in that historical lens. I want to tell you a little bit about Amarillo Angels through a story of a mama. Uh, when God called me to start Amarillo Angels, it was in 2016-ish. We launched to the public in 2017. In late 2016, we started a pilot project, but we launched to the public in early 2017. And I will tell you, God has been at work in this. Amarillo Angels is just uh, a wonderful conduit for um, loving on people. Um, we were paired with an a, incredible mother, um, single mom, two daughters who were in high school at the time, or junior high and high school at the time, um, beautiful girls, active, involved in their school and everything that went on. Um, and we were paired with, by CPS. This mama was chosen because she's so good. She's such a good foster mama. And she could use a little extra help. Now, she has a big extended family around, but she still could use a little extra help. She works for a local nonprofit, a very well-known local nonprofit. She's not getting rich. And um, so, you know, just a little extra help and support and encouragement was going to be good. She'd been fostering for seven years at that time. She told me, she said, I... I'm not going to have any more babies, but I love babies. So I want to bring these babies in my home, and I want to love on them, and I want to take care of them until they find the permanent place for them to be. 
We got to know her. We got to love on her. The first love box, uh, we were trying to figure out how to get to know her and, and, you know, digging in, trying not to be too obtrusive and too invasive. But um, we asked her, the first month that we, we, we served her was November. It's like, and so we were like, how, how can we serve you this month? She's like, oh, we don't need anything at all. We are just all good and, you know, all this. And I'm thinking, okay, well, how do I get to the where we need to be? So I said, well, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? And she said, well, you know, the two of the little ones that I have right now are part of a bigger sibling set of five. And because there was no home in the DFPS Region 1, which covers from the top of the Panhandle down past Lubbock, that could take all five of them, they split those siblings up. And so the three older siblings are living in Lubbock, and the two younger were with her. So I said, okay, well, tell me what you, what are you going to do? She goes, well, these, these three older, 10, 9, 7, 3, and 18 months. So she had the middles and somebody else had the bigs. And the three olders were just literally grieving the loss of their younger siblings because they had literally been their parent, those babies' parents. Uh, Mama would leave for days on end, no food in the house, um, sometimes no electricity, sometimes no running water. Wasn't, let's just say it wasn't clean. Wasn't a good situation. And so these three little ones were parenting these little guys, and they were missing them. And so she said, I'm going to bring them down for the holiday weekend and uh, the long weekend, and we're going to have Thanksgiving together with all my extended family. She lives in a small home out in the country. And I'm like, okay, well, what do we want to do? So she said, well, we, I think we'll play games, and we want to watch have a movie night and have popcorn and all these things. She had all these great plans. And I was like, and oh, by the way, I'm having my whole family for Thanksgiving too. It's like, oh my word, five kids, seven kids all together and her family for Thanksgiving. Made me want to just, my heart just beat a little faster for us. I said, well, can we help you with that? Could we go get, get all those things for you? She's like, well, that would be amazing. So we went out and we shopped for her, the Love Box group did, and we bought a movie that she wanted um, that she thought would be appropriate for everybody. We bought popcorn one of the girls with me that was shopping, she said, well, you can't watch a movie and have popcorn without junior mints. So we threw some junior mints in the, ba- the basket. We had, um, we bought a, that pie in the face game, if you know that one, and the whipped cream that goes with it, that's fun. They had a good time with that. We bought sidewalk chalk and bubbles and drinks and toilet paper and paper towels, paper plates. Um, she was going to pallet the kids down on the floor, the big kids down on the floor in the living room. I said, hey, I've got a couple of those blow-up mattresses. Would you like to use those? Oh, that'd be great. She borrowed those. And they had the most wonderful weekend together and made some incredible memories. Um, And so the next month when I called and I said, hey, how can we serve you this month? She said, you know, this is, this is hard for me because I don't really do, I don't want to take charity. And I was like, whoa, 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 this isn't charity. Like we are see what you're doing and we want to be a part of that. We don't feel called to do what you're doing here. This hard and holy and happy work that sometimes that you're doing, we don't, we don't feel called to that, but we do feel called to help you and support you in that journey. And so as, as we got to know each other, and she got to be a little more familiar with it. One of the things that we do with any love box delivery is every single person in the home gets a handwritten note of encouragement. Y'all, that becomes their favorite thing. If, if they take those things, they're important and they help, and they are proven to reduce the stress level in the home, but they go for those notes first. They absolutely go for the notes first. We had a young girl that came to one of our events, a family that came to our events, and, and 
when we do something, we do it for the whole family when we do the Love Box program. So it's all the kiddos in the family, bio-adoptive, foster, the parents, grandma, grandpa, whoever lives in that house, we're going to love on them because that's what that foster care impacts that entire family. So they got school supplies at this event. We just finished our back-to-school event a few days ago, um, and it was wonderful. We're still giving out supplies. Um, but they came, and when they went home, the younger, the younger daughter, she was in the second grade, they were fostering two um, teenagers. Whoa, that was a lot. And <laughs> so those teenagers were, have been through a lot. And um, they, the mom told me, she said, Gwen, when we drive around town, sometimes they'll look and they'll say, oh, look, that's where we slept when we were homeless, just like it's an everyday thing, you know? So um, anyway, the, the younger girl is was the only child and the princess of the house for a long time. And then these two older girls come in, and they were happy to have them and and welcome them with open arms and open hearts into their home. But she didn't know that there was going to be stuff in that delivery for her. And she was like, oh, my goodness, there's stuff in here for me. And she found her note. I don't know who, who wrote that note. We had a packing party, and somebody wrote that note. She took that note, and she taped it to the mirror in her room. And she left it there. And she left it there, and she left it there, and she left it there. And one day, her mama said, hey, can you tell me why? That must be important to you. Can you tell me why you leave it on there? She goes, listen, mama, sometimes my sisters are hard. <laughs> and she said, but when I'm having a hard day, I go read that note, and it makes everything better. So the things that we take in the love box are not necessarily um, to be Christmas every month. It's not, it's not designed to be that. It's a conduit to build relationship. We have one family that we just connected with a new love box group. And when we finally got down and peeled back all the layers of the onion, when we were connecting them, we asked, we finally got to the point where we're like, tell us what you need. Tell us what will help you. And the dad began to tear up and cry. And he said, could you just come play with our kids so I can have a conversation with my wife? So all they did was they took bubbles and sidewalk chalk. They sat outside with the kids. And the mom and dad sat over to the side and they just raked the leaves in the, in the flower bed and then sat on the porch and drank some tea. And, and they were just, it just gave them the extra boost that they, can, they needed to continue on. We loved on Mama Kim for a long time. Um, lots of love boxes went through, lots of time spent with her and the girls. She had kids go through her home on a regular basis. And um, she built trust with us. And she began to open up to us. And she shared with us that at one time she had had a failed adoption. She was so close to adopting these two kiddos that she loved so much. And it broke her heart. And it broke the hearts of her daughters. And she said, I swore I would never, ever do that again. But I feel called to open my home to these children. So as long as they need me, I'm here. Um, we, we sat with her when... CPS came and took and moved two kids that she had had since they were teeny tiny. They knew no one else but this family. And they took them early in the morning to, to send them, to take them to Houston, to the Houston area, to leave them permanently with um, a family member, a distant family member that they had never met in person, but they had seen on Zoom. It was during COVID. They had seen him on Zoom. And she... We, we sat there. She was devastated. She's like, what are they going to do when they wake up? They picked them up in their pajamas, put them in the car, took them to the airport, and, to put them on a pl- and went on a plane with them. She's like, what are they going to do when they realize I'm gone? What are they going to do? Gwen, what are they? They're going to think I deserted them. And so we, we sat through that. We walked through that, that grief that she had over and over and over again. 
One day, I was sitting in our little office space, and a phone rang, and it was one of our, one of our Lovebox uh, members. She is a, was a PD nurse at Northwest at the time, and she said, I have permission to tell you this. I'm not breaking any kind of HIPAA laws. Uh, I didn't know what that was called. Um, and she said, I, Mama Kim's here with baby Kay. They brought her. She went to the doctor across the street at Texas Tech. She was at Northwest. She thought she was just going to get her some checked on. She had a little cough. Wanted take her back to the daycare, if then get some medicine and be fine, go to the daycare, she'd go back to work. The doctors were very concerned about something there, and they, they made baby Kay and Kim, Mama Kim, ride across the street in an ambulance, and she was shook up. She had dropped the others off at her kids at school, other child at child care, and she didn't have anything with her. She didn't have anything. Now she's, you know, she's not going to be able to go to work. She's going to miss work. And so, um, but when, she, when, the, when they brought her in, the very first person she saw was our Madison, who's a love box, who was on her love box group, and she just burst into tears and fell into her arms. And, you know, by some coincidence, we all know that's not what happened, um, we know that God had a hand in it. Madison was assigned to that, that case, and so she was able to be with her and walk alongside. She said, Gwen, she needs some help. Are you available? And I happened to be available, again, a coincidence a God thing. It was a God, a God wink. It was a divine appointment. So in a little bit, I said, let me wrap up a few things and I'll be over there. So I ran up there and she just cried. And she said, I just can't believe what's going on. I've got to go get the other kids. I've got to get them situated. You know, kiddos in foster care can't just stay with anyone. They have to have special people with special training to stay with them. So she, I said, you, you, you go. You go. She hasn't eaten all day long. And she's just distraught. And so she, I go, you go home. You go get something to eat. You go pack your bag. You go take care of everybody else. I'm here as long as you need me. And I stayed for several hours. And when she came back, she just hugged me. She said, you know, I love the things that you bring me because it helps my budget. It really does help my budget. And, it's, and we appreciate it. She said, but even if you did, this love box group didn't bring one thing I would, it would still be great because it's, uh, it's not about the things, it's about the love behind it. We built a strong relationship with her. We grew to love her deeply. She grew to love us deeply. So when I think about the kiddos that um, were in her home, I think about little Miss B, y'all. Oh, she's so cute. Little dark sparkly eyes, dark hair, tiny little thing, three years old. And the biggest vocabulary I've ever, I used to teach kindergarten and little people. And this is the biggest vocabulary I've ever heard on a kiddo. And she was all full of spice and spunk. And she was adorable. And she, when I think of her, I think of the fact that the last time before they moved her to a permanent, a more permanent placement, I took, we took a delivery out and I, I squatted down because I heard her coming, and I knocked, I knocked on the door, and I heard her coming. And she, she talks. You know she's coming. You can hear her on the way. And so uh, she flung over the door, and she went, I'm so glad to see you. And she wrapped her arms around my neck. And then she stepped back, and she said, are you elated to see me too? And I said, oh, honey, how did you know? Um, and she was so sweet. I think about her. I think about baby H. And I think about how she started off with Mama Kim. She had the craziest hair you've ever seen, y'all. I've never seen a child's hair stuck straight up like that. It's a tiny little thing. She stayed with Mama Kim for a while. She went to a, a, a family member to be adopted. Don't know what happened. She was moved to another foster home who happened to have a love box group. She stayed there for a while. Life happened to that family. and Unfortunately, they were planning to adopt her, but they weren't able to. So she got moved again. Lo and behold, she got moved to a home where, guess what? There was a love box group. 
Um, now she is in, a, in another home, she and her brother, who joined her along the journey, and they are in a home, uh, and they have been adopted, and it's really sweet. So um, we had a birthday party not too long ago. We are five years old. We're a kindergartner, and um, it was so cool. Mama Kim came, and I walked up to her and hugged her neck, and, and I said, hey, you're such an important part of our story. Thank you for being here. And I said, hey, have you seen Baby H? She was like, she's here? She's here? My baby H is here? And tears filled her eyes. And she said, Gwen, I haven't seen her since the day she left my home. Can I see her? And so I walked across to where her adoptive mama was and got her. And one of the other love box groups that was there brought her back over. And I watched this little person in this circle of people who had loved on her in her short five years. Another cool part of that story. And they were just, and like Kim cried. She just cried and cried. And she just loved it. And then they've been exchanging baby pictures because she doesn't have any of the early baby pictures and Kim has them. It's just the sweetest thing. Another cool part of the story, I didn't tell us in the first, first um, service. That adoptive mama is now involved in my nephew. My nephew is a uh, family pastor. Like, he's like Tommy. He's Tommy at his church. And um, they're involved in, ministry, in, in a, a outreach ministry. They're coming to church at that church, and I just love that story. So Austin and Lizzie, my nephew and his wife, were um, part of the reason that God called me to this. It was through them. When I think about those kids, I think about what, what they could be facing. So here's what we know. Statistics are grim for these kiddos. Half of new foster homes will close within the first year because they say they don't have enough support. That's why we created the Love Box program, to provide that support for the family unit. When they, if they close their homes, kids have to move, and they move an average of, two, of seven, times every two, seven times every two years. Seven times every two years. Every time they move, I'm a retired educator. This is my second act. <laughs> every time they move, they can go backwards in their educational attainment four to six months. So even if they were on grade level, when they were brought into care, they could be so far behind so quickly. So that means that only about half will graduate from high school, mostly with a GED, which is fantastic. The state will provide a tuition waiver for them to go to college. They can go to college free at any state school in Texas. At WT, they can go completely free. It's a supervised independent living campus. Only 3% take advantage of that. And of the 97% who choose not to and age out of the system, in the next year, two-thirds of them will be homeless, incarcerated, trafficked, or dead. Last year, in our area, there were 2,650 kiddos in the foster care community. Most of them had, been, had to be moved, or many of them had to be moved to another part of the state because there weren't enough foster homes. So our goal with the love, the love Box program is to provide that placement stability, to, to wrap that family in enough support that they feel like they can continue fostering and that others will join them in that process. We exist to change the stats. That's our true north. We, I believe, and I know you believe, that every child is created by the Father and that each one deserves a, a chance to reach their, their dreams and their goals and to achieve their God-given purpose and calling. 
And they need to know that they're amazing creations of the king, and that makes them, like we sang earlier, royalty. And to know that they are loved, and not just by one person, but by their community. We have research that backs up that, that, backs up that our programs work. Um, but I know they work because I've seen it. I've experienced it. And because his word says that we're to do this. And if his word says to do it, then it's going to be good and it's going to work. If you look at scripture, this is his plan. This is his model. And his plan is always perfect. So we ought to say not all of us are called to, to foster and adopt, but we can, anyone can do um, something to help a child and to help the life of a child. Um, Desmond Tutu says, or said, I'm sorry, I think he's passed away. Um, we, it, it's time to just stop pulling people out of the river and go upstream and find out why they're falling in. And everything we do is to keep those, these kiddos from falling in the river, but not just to exist, but to thrive. I have a quote in the back of my Bible that I keep here to remind myself because I can get turned inward pretty, pretty easily. I don't know who Gabe Lyons is, but I like his quote. So if he's sketchy, don't just tell me later, okay? So anyway, it says, when the faithful saturate their schedule with Christian events at Christian venues with Christian people, the world will have a hard time believing that we hold the rest of the world in high esteem. And I keep that there as a reminder to myself. What if the church stepped up and provided support and relationships and, and for these amazing kids and families? We know that if enough a, a human, it doesn't matter what age they are, whether they're in utero or whether they're um, a child or whether they're adult, are, are undergo a great deal of trauma, neglect, abuse, um, lack of nutrition, that, that hormones and chemicals wash over the brain and it changes the composition of the brain. That's why sometimes kiddos in foster care have a hard time um, with behaviors or learning or whatever. But we also know that God made the brain in an incredible way. And if we can leave them in a place, a safe place with security, good nutrition, safety, healthy relationships, all the things that I take for granted that I grew up in my home, guess what? They stay there long enough, the brain will begin to heal. And praise God for his beautiful creation and how he made them. The first, that first love box group that I was in served Mama Kim for four years. We only asked for a year commitment, but we loved her. We did not want to let her go. And so um, until she stopped fostering. The precious lady and her daughters, who after many, many, many placements and a failed adoption, a broken adoption, vowed that she would never adopt. In November of 2021, adopted two little beautiful girls on National Adoption Day. And we, could, we were there to rejoice with her and to cheer her on and to love those kids and to celebrate with them. And it was such a cool thing. We love adoptions. We also love reunifications. After a break, you know, this is how amazing she is. After a break, she opened her home up again. She's fostering again. And she just got connected with a brand new love box. She told me time and time again, Gwen, I can do this because I know you guys are there to support me. I used to question whether I could do it or not, but I know now that you can. I pray that if you're not called to foster and adopt, and I believe it is a calling. It's not the easiest work there is by far. 
I pray that you will engage somehow with the community that is doing that hard and holy work and that you'll begin to support them. We'd love for it to be through the Love Box program. Um, I've been in prayer for a good while that God would raise up some new volunteers for us to love these families and love them well. And then Tommy called. He asked me the other day, he said, we got, well, you want to tell this part or you want me to? We, he, yeah, he said, we got, we got about 15 love, uh, small groups. And so community groups, whatever, whatever y'all call them. And um, he said, I think we can do about, probably, probably serve about 15 families. I asked the case managers early last week and I said, hey, how many, how many active families do we have on the wait list right now in Canyon Amarillo? 16. And I said, yes, thank you, Jesus. Okay. To close out, I've been studying uh, I'm a nerd. I've been studying the early church a little bit and the history of that because I'm fascinated by what happened. And I've been specifically looking at some um, resources of eyewitnesses um, to what occurred there. And, and I, after I did some reading one night, I, I felt God prompted me to, to write this. And this is how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out this, this part of the service. Um, and if you look in Acts 42 through 47... It talks about the early church, and it's a little short passage, but at the end it said, and they were, their number was added to daily. And I love that, because that's what we want. We want people to, to know Jesus. So I wrote this the other night. The way they lived out their faith looks very different to a lot of what we see today. With no social political clout or a great deal of money, they changed the world by being so incredibly different from the world. When vengeance was expected, they responded with love and gentleness. They helped the poor, and not just the ones in their family because that was culturally expected. They took the infants placed on trash heaps by those who didn't want them and raised them as their own. If someone was hungry, they would fast two to three days so others could eat. Their offerings were used to help the poor and needy. They literally flipped the ancient social structure on its head and viewed everyone as equals. As Christ followers, this is a beautiful picture of how I'm supposed to be in the world, but not of the world, and how I, we, are to be countercultural. We need to flip what's happening on its head again. I pray that I can live out my faith by loving others so well that the rest of the world is just baffled by what I'm doing, that we can truly put, that I and we can truly put others ahead of ourselves. And I pray that the church will step up and step out of their church buildings and put feet and hands and finances in the most precious commodity of all time to what we say we believe and what God tells us we need to do. We, I hope we can love more extravagantly and sacrifice more so we can truly show the world that we love God and we love people, all people, every stage and phase of life, every single day. Because church, God made us for this. Thank you. Man, this is the kingdom of heaven. Our four core values are know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That's what we're about at the church at Bushland. And so we're fixing to go next door with our life group leaders and our host homes. Gwen's gonna meet with us and we're gonna begin to take steps to let our life groups adopt one of these families who are in need so that we can take the kingdom of heaven outside these walls. If you're not currently connected with a life group, right at Guest Connect is a card like this. You can put your info there. 
Because not only do we want you to find your people here, we want them to find you. And as we minister to each other, grow in our faith, then we want to have something that we can do to help advance God's kingdom outside these walls. Because is anybody thankful Jesus got in the streets and he met people where their needs were? Okay, somebody, all right, yes. That's what we get to do. That's who we are. So I'm gonna ask the ministry teams to come. I'm gonna ask us to stand. And this morning, the word of God has went out. So let's stand together. The word of God has went out. And there's a practical just message to this. I love how she closed. Everyone can do something. And so it's, God, what are you moving my heart to do? And man, I pray you and your life group will embrace the call of the Lord that in this season, we would love on foster families. And ultimately, as Jesus said, you let these little kids come to me and don't there be anyone who hinder them. So may we not be a part of the hindering. May we be a part in the receiving, in the loving, so they can experience the fullness of the kingdom for themselves too. I want you just to close your eyes. This is the invitation. If for some reason you've just never given your heart to Jesus or you've never made that a public profession of your faith, maybe you're struggling today with some for real rejection or just being abandoned, I want you to know that there's in a spirit of adoption and acceptance, his name is Jesus. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, you can be born again and adopted into his family today before you leave this place. And that's why these ministry couples are here, is that you would just step out and as you draw near to God, he would draw near to you. And as you say yes to him, you'll hear the yes back to you. And you can become a part of God's adopted family. And that's how the kingdom's advanced. Maybe you just wanna come and just pray over foster families here at the altar. Maybe you wanna just submit your heart. Whatever it is, will you just respond to him? Because every one of us can do his part. Because we wanna be found faithful at the comeback of Jesus. That's what the remnant does. So Father, we love you and we bless you. We're thankful that we get to be your sons and daughters in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship him. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.